This is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, where I strategize with business owners on how to grow and scale their businesses to hit their income goals. This is episode 201 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today I'm speaking with Mike McDermott, and we're going to be talking about how to charge what you're worth. And I know that, that this is something that we routinely have to rely on, whether this is how much we should be charging for a product, how much we should be charging for a service, or how much we should be charging for sponsors in order to work with brands. We're going to be diving into this. We're going to give some very specific examples. And I want you to make sure that you hop over to the show notes to grab Mike's free book as well. All right, let's dive in. Hi, Mike. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. I am so excited to dive into this conversation. Before we get started, though, will you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your business? Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm the founding CEO of a, a company called FreshBooks. Um, we are a cloud-based accounting software, so accounting software up in the cloud. And, and uh, we got started when I was running a design firm a bunch of years ago. Uh, you know, didn't, didn't think the accounting software that was out there was right for me. I needed something that really helped me send invoices and collect payments, that kind of thing, and was focused there as opposed to all the accounting-y stuff. Anyways, that was over a decade ago. Um, ended up building a piece of software. Um, transitioning away from that design, that services firm to being a software company. Uh, moved into my parents' basement for three and a half years. Um, you know, since then, over 20 million people have used our software. We have customers in 100 and over 100 countries. And, and our biggest market is the U.S. We're number two for small business accounting software there. And um, yeah, I, I think, I guess, just final things. So, that, so that's what I do every day. And then if you were thinking, oh, it's FreshBooks for me, I'd go ahead and say, well, if you are in sort of client services or, or knowledge work and you like to send invoices to people, then uh, you're probably, uh, that's what we built for. We didn't build for retail. We didn't build for restaurants. We really built for people who have uh, billing their clients kinds of challenges and uh, um, yeah, can get us on uh, uh, for free at, at freshbooks.com for getting started. So for, forgive me, that's a little bit uh, more promotion-y than I I, I normally go, but that's that's probably the um, the relevant uh, bits and pieces. Yes, no, and I think that it's relevant to my audience too, especially since it is a lot of solopreneurs or those that are working with a little bit of a team, so they do need to have that access. And I love the fact that your story starts from you solved a problem for yourself that you saw in the marketplace, because that's something we so often talk about on the podcast: is that you got to be able to solve a problem that you see. And it was definitely a problem that I had knowing which software to use and be able to just track everything when it comes to the money. That was one of the biggest hurdles I had to overcome, I think, in my business because money was not something that I was real confident with. So love that you introduced that piece. We're going to really dive into talking about your value. And I think knowing your worth is really where I want to start. How do we determine what our time should be valued at? Okay, good. Let's let's spend some time on this, and and maybe just for right. for background, at the risk of again being uh, promotional in any way, I have written a book on this topic um, uh, because uh, I ran my services firm for a while and had some pretty good success with it, and um, and then I'd start taking our customers out to dinner at FreshBooks as I traveled places, and and they were asking this question, you know, and they're talking about pricing and how do I price for my clients and all these things, and. 
And so, um, you know, anyone can get that book for free. It's uh, it's available. It's been downloaded a quarter million times. It's called Breaking the Time Barrier. Anyways, check it out free online. Just search Fresh Books Breaking the Time Barrier. But let's answer your question. Um, so my, my, you know, the first thing I would say is um, you, you're trying to value your time. I, I think there's a, a simpler question, which is, you know, just your value, right? And and I think the, the thing to understand is I, I really, the Breaking the Time Barrier is all about divorcing what you charge from the amount of time it takes you to do a task. And I think that that is an important concept. Um, and what I would, what I would say then is, you know, what you are able to charge is more a function of something very different than your time It is a function of the value that your client perceives you to bring. And that value can be determined, you know, relative to something else like well if i use this other provider you know it's x and that's not a game you really want to play it's it's you know but but the, i guess the real point is your customer is going to determine what you're worth the question is are you going to do a good job of explaining that so you can charge appropriately and hopefully more than you would if you just build by the hour does that make sense and we can go we can go deep on this but i, I think that's a really important part value is determined by the eyes of your customer not how much time or anything else that, that you go ahead and do. So when you use the term divorcing yourself from that connection of time, you're stating exactly what we're doing here with the example that you gave of being able to actually say that this is the value that we provide, not necessarily this is the amount of time that it's going to take. That is right. And it's, it's, it's a conversation and there's a few steps along the way to go ahead and do that. But that, that's, that's basically what you want to do when you engage a client, right? You want to understand what problem are they trying to solve? <laughs> Can you help them solve it? If you're, you're blogging, let's say maybe they really want to reach um, a certain audience. And, and you know, instead of focusing on anything else, you just make, you know, when you're talking with them, make it very clear that like 85% of my super targeted audience is the people you're trying to reach. And by the way, you probably can't find that concentration anywhere else. And so I'm going to charge you appropriately. Um, so that, that, that's the kind of, um, you, you know, so like, it's not about how much time or how many visits. It's like, what can you, what is my value to you in your eyes? And it usually takes a little bit of discovery to figure out what matters to that. So if somebody's calling, let's use the, the blogging example again, because it's sort of close to home and they're calling and they're saying, Hey, um, I'd like to advertise on your, your site. Like you want to make sure you ask a few questions to understand why and what they're really seeking to make sure you can go ahead and, and value things. And lots of firms will just come up with a rate sheet and that's simple and done. But, you know, when you're starting out and all these other kinds of things, you don't know what the market will bear. You know, it, it gets challenging to figure out how to have those conversations and make sure that you're not massively undercharging. Yes, such a good example. I'm actually going to put it even more specific. I can think of a client that falls into this perfectly to go along with that example that you gave. There's a client that I have that is a blogger in Manitoba and her audience is very local. Now, because of that, her audience isn't huge because Manitoba isn't necessarily a city that has a huge population like Toronto, for example. So because of that, when she is pitching to people, she talks about the fact that 95% of her people are in Manitoba. So it provides that value at a higher rate than someone that has a following or an audience that is all of Canada um, and only has maybe 2% that's specifically Manitoba. So that was a great example. I love that you went that specific with it. 
Yeah, no, no, that's that's great. And she's she's lucky. And this is where it's sometimes like a smaller, more specific audience can be valuable. You just then need to go find people who are you know, have problems that are solved by I just want to reach people in Manitoba, uh, which is, uh, you know, a very different problem than, than some people have. Some people want to be national or, or whatever it is. Right. Exactly. So you talked about steps that need to be taken in order to really determine what you're worth. Can you go a little bit into those a bit of talking about that a bit more? Again, the, the best thing uh, to go ahead and do is um, I, I really encourage and forgive me again, I didn't know how specifically we'd go into the, the book, but like it takes 45 minutes to read. It's written like a fable. It's free. If you don't get your value back from going ahead and reading it, I, I'd be stunned. And by the way, it's not my day job. We just did it because I thought it would help people. So that's that's why I wrote it. So so please go ahead and uh, you know do, do check that out. But, but I, I think what you want to go ahead and do is, again, understand what problem your customer is trying to solve. And if they're calling, picking up the phone, trying to reach you, they're trying to solve a problem. The question is, do you slow down long enough to ask the questions to figure out what it is? And, uh, and if you do that, then do you have an opportunity to position your service in a certain way and, um, you know, help them solve their problem? And that's, I mean, that is kind of the heart of it. And that might sound fluffy and high level. And the book kind of talks about, oh, some of the questions you might want to do and how do you uncover that? Um, and then show, you know, like how you can partner with them. Because really what you want to, you, you don't want a transactional client. You want a partnering client, right? So then it's like, oh, I serve this audience. And then the question, you know, really, and it's maybe two steps ahead, but then it becomes, okay, great. You know, if they become a client, they like your audience, then you can start to get into creative things you might do together that go further for them, which, you know, is a longer lasting client, which is more, more connected and, and you can actually grow the value and kind of, uh, you know, what you, what you end up ultimately charging versus, um, hey, I'll write a post for you or something like, I, I don't know what the, the context would necessarily be. But um, yeah. that is, um, that is a, um, you know, eh, at the highest level. And I, I admittedly, I kind of, um, it sounds fluffy and, and uh, you know, theoretical, but I think a lot of this stuff, I'll go ahead and say, when you're trying to charge for your value, you are probably the biggest obstacle that you have to getting there. Um, you might say, oh, it's my industry. This is what everybody expects. And I would say, no, it's a mindset shift that you need to go through. Uh, and that's the purpose of the, the book is to help people with that mindset shift. You talked a little bit before too about that undercharging, right? So how do we know when the right time is to realize that we are undercharging and start to charge more? So with the example of that blogger that maybe has worked on a sponsored post, let's say, for example, um, and they feel like, my that my time the amount of work that I'm putting into this I charge didn't charge I undercharged now that same brand comes back to them and is looking to work with them again but they realize that they undercharged the first time is there a way or is there a time when it's really a good time to say hey I need to this is what I'm looking to charge yeah th this is a very challenging thing for everybody and usually when you're getting started you know, A, you totally undervalue yourself because your confidence is low, you know, it, it, like maybe your, your blog doesn't have as much influence or size or whatever if you're, you're a blogger and you're just, you're probably going to start at this, this lower end kind of thing. And so this is classic. And if you're, you're doing marketing services for somebody, your hourly rates might start out here and they may grow to that in the future. And, and this is, I mean, the first thing to understand is everybody struggles with this. It's perfectly natural. Do not beat, beat yourself up, right? It's a, it's a, it's a journey for, for sure. And so I think, you know, what, what I like to say is, hey, these are pretty case specific. Um, you know, what I would encourage you is to test and, and try, um, you know, with an existing client, 
if you've been working with them for years and they really like you, they probably don't want to move away. And so go ahead and have that conversation and just say, listen, and what you can often do is like, just offset it and be like, listen, we're raising our rates. It's not happening today. So you don't want to shock them, but in three months, they're going to be this. And, you know, then you set the expectation, you've given them fair warning, they'll think about leaving or changing or whatever, and they probably won't because you've served them well. Uh, so that's, that, that is the harder thing. And I think the other part is to really figure out what you're worth is with new customers is to just start at that higher price point and test the waters. And once you start losing a couple because of price, and you may have to go back and be like, why didn't you come to us? And it's like, hey, you were too expensive. Then, then you know, but until that starts happening, you know, you, you may not be, uh, you may be just undercharging and, and undervaluing yourself and, and your offering and all that good stuff. Yes. I do feel that it can often feel like that trial and error almost. You go starting at that one price and feel like, yeah, it's not quite right. This isn't fitting right. And I think for bloggers and influencers, this is especially a good time to do it where a lot of people would say, I think with service providers, they would do it maybe for the new year. Whereas with bloggers and influencers, I would say think about quarter four because that's when most brands that are going to have the most money left over from their yearly expenses. And also that's when you as bloggers normally will see the most page views, most interaction, most engagement. That's when traffic normally takes off for us. So that Q4 is a really good idea as to when to start to change those so those prices. But I do agree. Like it's it's hit or miss. There have definitely been times when I have done whether it's coaching or whether it's a program and looked back and said, Oh my goodness, that was not smart as far as the pricing that I did. And just have to have that conversation. I think be honest with your audience. And like you said, if they're loyal and they love your services, they're gonna either want to move with you or have a conversation with you trying to get into an air or a price that works for their budget. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask, are there ways that you think that we can show the value that we bring in order to prove our worth to ourselves and our clients? So is there a way that we I can actually prove that value? Well, as I say, you know, values in the eyes of the customer. So um, to me, and, and this is like, I think this is, and everybody's got a different wiring with this stuff, but I think if you scratch underneath it, you know, we, we, you know, a big part of the motivator that gets me up in the morning is to be in service of others. Okay. So I'll say that's kind of like the mission underneath it all. And yes, we're trying to make sure we can put food on the table and roofs over our head and all that stuff. But ultimately, you know, this is an act of, of service. And so then the customer becomes the person who defines, you know, was it good or not? And so I, you know, <laughs> I, I like to take a different approach, uh, or maybe it's not a different approach, but, you know, my mechanism to figure that out is, um, is to ask. So when an engagement's done, you know, uh, go back and inquire. Did it go well? And, and, and don't just ask, did I do a good job? Because then people are like, uh, it's an awkward conversation. Make sure, you know, I mean, you can ask that question, but better to be open-ended and better to always include a question of like, what, what could we have improved? What could we have done better? And that kind of sets your client up to go ahead and say, okay, you know, let me give you some feedback that's constructive and kind of might help you get to the next level. And I think, you know, if you scratch underneath the people who are most successful out there, you know, some people think it's the people who just talk at you or whatever, but more often than not, they're the people who are asking that question, like, hey, how could I have done this differently and better 
next time for you. And then, and then come back and the next time I serve you, I'm going to have that in mind. I'm going to make the adjustments, all that good stuff. And, and then by the way, whatever you're sharing with me as a client, chances are my other clients might have similar sentiments and you might find out it's like, Oh, I just hated, you know, could you just deliver it three days earlier? It'd be so much easier for us on the other side to organize and prepare and all that, all that good stuff. And so you, you might be surprised by what you learn. And then you, you start to know how to better serve a customer and then they're going to feel better served and you know it's all going to improve and even i think it's especially true if something goes wrong but the, but the best time to do this is when you know there's no obvious reason to do it and, and you can go ahead and learn some stuff and just continuously improve and so and by the way and i'll go ahead and so then how about for yourself i would go ahead and say and then once you get that feedback and you're clear and you're like this is how i can improve and then you go and improve well that's going to feel good for you and i trust the results will follow so i think I think that's um, that's how I would think about uh, that. Yeah, I think that that's great advice. I think whether you're as a blogger working with a brand on a sponsored content, or if you are a influencer blogger that has your own product, and you go through and have a course or ebook or whatever it might be to go back to them and have that conversation because it does. It's only going to add to improvement and increase the people that are going to end up being attracted to it. So that's so good. Now, with that, when it does come to your own product, this is where, again, I kind of alluded to this in the beginning is that I always got tripped up when it came to then I need to track all this stuff. So what would you recommend for creating and really tracking your invoices? And of course, I know FreshBooks, which piece, like what is it about FreshBooks that makes this so easy to do? Okay. If we want to talk about FreshBooks, so, so thank you. I, I think, let me go at a couple of things and just say, it is just important to track it. Um, you know, so if you're not doing that or you're using Word or Excel or a Google document or whatever, like you're, you're doing it wrong and you're kind of not respecting yourself. And, you know, my, my guess is anyone to make a small investment, like FreshBooks starts at like $15 a month. Um, you know, if you don't get the, like, that's what, $180 a year. If that doesn't end up coming back to you in time saved clarity. And I think you off the top, I can't remember if it was before we started or whatever, but use the word confidence, like to just, to just really increase your confidence. I'd be stunned if, if you don't get that, you know, back to using the word value. If, if you know, it might be $180, I feel cash strap, but you know, to help you invest in yourself to, to be, you know, the kind of the best you can be in advance. I would, I would just strongly encourage you to use something. Um, you know, FreshBooks is purpose-built for people who send invoices and want to collect payments and, and report on all those things and be ready for tax time. We do do expenses as well, but most people who are heavy on client billing and invoicing, the real problem is accounts receivable. Who owes me money? How much money? So we do things like automate follow-up, which by the way, if you're not confident and you don't like asking your clients to pay an invoice that's late, having an automated thing, go ahead and do that uh, is, is really nice. So, so, um, so those would be things I, I would think about. And, and I would, so, so you get the tracking, so you know how you're doing, uh, you know, where you're, you know, sometimes you've billed and you ha- maybe haven't collected. And so those can be something that trips you up. But I think the other thing to go ahead and do, which is a good idea, and this I would do in Word and Excel, is to try and build some model, like basically a forecast of what you think you might do, right? To start planning ahead is like, listen, I, I think I'm going to write 10 sponsored posts a month. I get paid, you know, it's a side hustle. I get paid $200 for each one of those. And so I think I'm going to do $2,000 a month in revenue for my, my side hustle. Let's just say I'm, I'm making it up. Um, and if you go ahead and sort of build a little sheet that says, okay, that's what it's going to be, just start to see how you do. And I think, you know, again, a little bit like asking your client for feedback, 
um, let's say your model was terribly wrong and you did four posts a month. Well, you've learned something. You thought it'd be 20. It's now four. Okay, good. We did four for four months in a row. Let's, let's redo the thing. It's not going to be 20. We know it's going to be four. How do we get to six? How do we get to eight? And just to set some expectation to manage yourself against, it doesn't really matter what the result comes back if you ask me. Um, you know, like that's, that's not what it's about, but it's, it's actually writing down what do I think is going to happen? And then, you know, what's the trend? How did I do relative to that? And that's its own feedback cycle. Um, and I think that, you know, feedback is uh, both a gift, but just, you know, probably more important than anything for a, a service-based or audience-based kind of, you know, business. Yes. And I think knowing those numbers are so important. And I think the reason that people like myself got so overwhelmed after having done it for so many years, and then we're looking at, okay, what's the money coming in? What money is going out? I have no idea. I just want to make cry, which is, I'm pretty sure what I did the first time I met with my bookkeeper, um, is really knowing those numbers and knowing what goal I'm trying to get to, right? And being able to set those expectations, because if you don't have some sort of expectation, it, there's no no goal to reach for. So I think that that is such great advice. Um, and I do love the fact that FreshBooks is, has it so that it's automated because I think that it is. It's part of a follow-up process and a lot of people don't like that side of things. So if you can automate it and it's not something necessarily that you need to manually remember to remind them, but now FreshBooks is just naturally doing it, it makes it that much simpler. So I love that. Um are there other resources? So we're going to make sure that we link to in the show notes, we're going to obviously link to FreshBooks and we're also going to link to your book. But are there other resources that have helped you with better understanding your worth that you would recommend? Like podcast, a book, courses? Mm, it's really, really interesting. So I think it depends, you know, sort of in what scale and how do you think about pricing? And so it's funny, the place I was going to go to was if you're really committed to kind of building a business up, and in understanding what it is, and it could be a solopreneur business. You know, I think that's great. We have tons of, uh, you know, huge percentage of our customers are just people who work for themselves. We kind of, I built it for myself, that, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, I, I've always been a fan of this book called The E-Myth. Um, and it's the, probably the book I recommend the most to people. And it's, it's not, uh, and it sounds for like the entrepreneur myth, I think is what it's short for. Um, but the book kind of goes and talks about, it gives you some concepts and inspiration to understand kind of the jobs you need to do to go ahead. It's not, it's not price specific. So the pricing specific stuff was a bunch of trial and error and some conversations with some people who, um, you know, had worked as consultants in places and all this stuff, and then just kind of learning and thinking about it from the client's perspective. So I kind of came at a lot of that stuff from first principles. Um, but, but I, I think this book, the E-Myth will really help you understand or think about, you know, all the jobs you need to do to advance your business um, and how the, you got to wear different hats at different times, one of which is communicating the value of what, what you do. But there, there are other ones as well. And I think it's a, it's a nice little system, even if you don't, even if you just want to work for yourself. I think it's a good, uh, a, a good thing. And if you want to start adding other people to your team, it's a great thing, too. Okay, perfect. I will definitely make sure that we link to that in the show notes as well. Um, where are the best places to connect with you? If, have, if any of my audience has a question that they can just kind of reach out real quick. Yeah, I am probably best and most actively found on on, on Twitter. Um, you know, I, I can be found through through LinkedIn as well, though I will attest I, I, I manage that one a little less closely. Um, but um, yeah, you can shoot me a note on Twitter and we can reply and go to DM and email if we, we need to. You can, you, know, you can shoot me a note at mike at freshbooks.com. No, no issue with that. Um, but uh, that's, that's the place I play the most. 
Okay, perfect. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and my audience today. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it, Jenny. I uh, hope it's uh, a value to some folks and uh, it's a, a privilege to be here. Thanks very much. Of course. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. Clearly, there was a ton we could have talked about when it came to this. I wanted to make sure that we approached the subject of FreshBooks because as I shared in this episode, it's definitely something when it came to the money side of things that I had that moment where I just burst into tears because I didn't know what was coming in. I didn't know what was going out. Just wasn't a strength of mine. Not a systems person. You've probably heard this before about me. But I wanted you to be able to hear how you could use FreshBooks just no matter where you are starting in your business to really be able to track it as well. So in this episode, we also talked to Mike about his free ebook that he offered, and we're going to be linking to that in the show notes. So I want you to make sure that you pop over and grab that. And hopefully you have a better understanding of how you should price yourself. It's not about that hourly rate. It's truly about the value that you are providing to the person, business, or audience that you are charging. I, As always, I appreciate you guys so much when you put up a screenshot of listening to the podcast episode on Instagram. You can tag me at Jenny underscore Melrose. I would love to know your biggest takeaway from this episode. And if you haven't already, I would so appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review on your favorite podcasting app about the podcast. Tell me what your greatest takeaway is. All right, until next time, I will see you all then. 